0: Welcome to Passion to Power with your host, Michelle Zeitlin. She's a creative producer who quote-unquote wears many hats. She's also a talent and literary manager and founded the company More Zap Productions and management. She develops people and projects across all media. Her guests encompass the gamut, from artists to authors, actors to activists, programming executives, development executives, and A&R. Michelle Zeitlin is excited to share her tips and tools for success through her conversations mostly via Zoom during quarantine. Please welcome Michelle Zeitlin, Passion to
1: Power.
2: Your energy has just gone from about here up to here. (laughs) You get so passionate. And my show is called Passion to Power. I mean, this excites you talking about this. It's just, you could see it's at your core.
1: I didn't realize that, but uh, (laughs) it's great.
2: This is a very special episode of passion to power we're calling it the music biz today my special guest is peter cohen he is the a and r guy for american idol which means he is selecting all of the artist competitors for american idol and this year all the auditions are via technology yep you can audition on your desktop computer or on your cell phone this might be the silver lining that's come out of the quarantine Usually, there's a 47-city bus tour for auditions across America. Peter offers some of his personality traits and skills that he believes make him the right guy for this type of job. He talks about working hard, having passion, actually doing your passion, and knowing when to speak up and bring your observations and your opinions to the table, having patience, and knowing when to jump at an opportunity intercut with this great interview with peter we have ruby chase we have the forever emerald pop rock band and bettis richardson who auditioned when he was 19 for american idol and got on the show for season two these are riveting stories transparent advice tips and tools for success and i relish this fantastic episode i hope you enjoy there's a lot of value have fun I wanna jump right in and people always ask me, what kind of training do I need to do this kind of career? So if you would, give me a little snapshot, A, your official title right now, the project or projects you're working on currently, and then maybe backdrive for us and give us a little bit of a snapshot about how you got here.
1: Sure. Well, currently I work for American Idol, which is from the company Fremantle Media, and I'm the supervising casting producer. So basically I'm the casting director for the show. And I oversee the talent that we put on our show, basically um, that make up our cast. And how I got here is um, sort of a roundabout way. I come from the music business side of things and um, I've worked um, at labels and in artist management and gradually at one point just made the shift over to working in television in this talent area. So I never really set out to work in TV. I always worked in music and I found this niche here where um, I worked in talent obviously for um, labels and management and promoters. And then it's only natural that as these shows started to gain popularity, I started to find talent for uh, really successful TV shows, music-driven shows.
2: So luckily we have these big music-driven shows because it gives a lot of opportunity to people who may not know how to get to someone like you. So can you kind of describe to me, especially now during quarantine, during this crazy pandemic, how you're finding that talent?
1: Yeah, well, the show, a big brand, a big show like American Idol, obviously it has such an awareness out in the world. So we have, in normal times when we're not in a pandemic, we do auditions all around the country. And we also have open auditions on our website where you can submit. And we just get thousands and thousands and thousands of submissions. Um, we also do our open calls throughout the country. Um, we do a, traditionally do a bus tour that stretches through uh, around 40 cities throughout the summer. And again, we promote them locally. We use our local TV affiliate partners. We use social media, we get the word out. So that's the public going out to find the opportunity, going out to audition for us, either online or at a location. And then of course we have to do a lot of direct outreach where we are really scouting, where we're, digging in and, and turning over stones and working the angles and working the, every, anywhere we can to find great talent. So we don't just expect it to come from us to us. We have to go out and find it ourselves too. So it's sort of that two-pronged approach.
2: Two-pronged. That's how we met.
1: Yeah, well, obviously. I
2: believe way back when I was an agent, right? And now that I do talent management, we've also worked together on talent.
1: Absolutely, so reaching out to folks like you who are surrounded by great talent, or represent great talent, let them know about the opportunity because they, certain artists or performers, they may not be thinking about it or they, they may not know it's there or they may not know we're coming to town or they, they just might not be on their, on their radar or something that they would think of doing until you have to explain to them, hey, here's a real opportunity. And, some, and very often they say, okay, cool, I'll give it a try.
2: So I have a question. I had um, an artist, and I submitted her, and she actually got called back for your show. And now she has her own band. And in conversations, when I've said, you know, would you like to go back and audition again for American Idol or for the Voice, these big shows? She said no because it doesn't fit within my brand. What would your answer be to that thought?
1: Well, I respect that. You know, everyone has to do what they feel is right for them. And they have to, you know, this isn't right for everybody. But, you know, the thing about, I can just say for a show like American Idol is you can be yourself and you can express yourself and present yourself as you are. So you are your brand. And I think maybe that maybe she might be saying like being affiliated with a show like that maybe takes away from my independent identity or, you know, I'm be a, connect to associated with the show which you would be so what I say is you know you can be who you want to be we want individuals we want unique performers we want creativity we want to be yourself so um and 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 come out and see how it goes and I think you'll find that uh, we celebrate individuality and you can use really massive platform to promote yourself how you want to present yourself how you want to
2: I think in my opinion since you launched the voice show as well it gives us two pillars and a very distinctive difference they're unique shows one feels like with these major artists vying to develop and coach these new finds that it gives us a sort of flip of the approach and takes it away from the days where every artist was hungry just to be noticed and you know, would wait in lines forever to be seen. And then American Idol still plays in my mind to that reality audience of the extremes, the really bad and the really good. So for me, the voice feels like the real cream of the crop and the idol gives us that spread. Would you agree with that?
1: I would say, yeah, the only thing is we don't don't feature the bad anymore. We don't use the word bad. We don't, we, we have colorful characters. Part of the brand of the show to have the the interesting the eclectic the the left of center the characters that make the show entertaining and then the cream rises pretty quickly on american idol where things get pretty serious so and Michelle like the voice they yeah i guess they're more straightforward they don't have so I, yeah, I would, I would agree.
2: Well, you work on if both shows. Yeah, you've worked on both yeah. shows. So um, do you have a favorite? I, maybe you can't say that, so I'll, I'll scrap that question. But do you have a different approach when you work on these different shows?
1: Yes and no. I think all the shows are looking for really high-quality talent. And I think he, a lot of it has a lot of overlap. I think when The Voice came on, just like when the Idol came on in 2001, it was brand new, it was fresh, it was exciting, it's something you hadn't seen before. Uh, You have to remember that was uh, right after 9-11. Wow, it's that
2: long, Yeah, years, right? uh,
1: Yeah, it was, you know, we we didn't have social media, we barely, internet was relatively new, so it it captured the imagination of the country and yes. in a very american way and rooting for these kids with these stories of these uh yeah, people from all walks of life all corners of this country it just grabbed people and it was a phenomenon and again it was still in back in the days where we essentially had your main network channels that everybody watched and so there's a, a huge captive audience and and it re-established the show and now we've established a huge legacy here that I've been proud to really be a part to help grow and sustain and continue on in the form that it is now uh, 19 years well, 18 seasons later so
2: so you were at the exciting. roots you were at the beginning
1: no I came on later I came okay. on much later that's the okay. that's the beginning of are you of the
2: post show. post Adam Lambert days
1: Yes, yeah, I came on, I came over to American Idol on season 14, and now we are in season 18.
2: And how many episodes in a season?
1: It kind of varies. Initially, again, back in the day when people were much more, uh, I guess, had more attention. There was more time. There were less distractions. There were less other sources, less outlets the show was on 3 days a week and it was a huge series that people continued to follow and there was a big reality component and there was a results day and there was you you had the ability to, to hold people's attention now it's changed a lot to much more bite sized viewing and- do you
2: think that's because of the streamers the intervention of all of the streamers like Netflix Amazon Hulu yeah
1: and of course just other people, other distractions. Whether it's smartphones and video games, and however else people consume content, you you just can't you can't expect people to to commit that much time to something. It's sort of an outdated feeling model. Yes. But we've taken the the spirit of the show and we've updated it and made it really. Um, shorter viewing, fewer episodes. I don't know exactly how many episodes, uh, to be honest with you, but it's it's one or two days a week, depending on what part of the season we're in. And it's two hours and it's pretty, uh, fewer contestants, fewer performers. So um, we really kind of zero in on the best of the best and give them the, the platform and focus
3: so much Michelle it is such an honor to be here with you over zoom and get to connect even when we are distancing physically we can still be so close socially through the technology so i'm so grateful for that today and grateful to have a conversation with you about kind of what's brought us to this point My name is Ruby Chase. I am an artist, I am a producer, and really I am a dreamer. I dream. I dream big (laughs) and I dream fearlessly and I, I find that that is actually the biggest gift I can offer in these times is being able to be an optimist and look at this landscape that seems pretty dismal and really scary a lot of the time and flip the script a little bit to reimagine what our post-apocalyptic life could be like because it really feels like the apocalypse right now. We've got fires burning. The sun is red in the sky. People are wearing masks. It's it's a scary, unknown time. And I, I actually don't think it goes back to the way that it used to be. I think we are turning a new page and no one knows what it looks like next. And in that unknowing, I think there's a huge opportunity because it will be whatever we make it, you know? It can be the Mad Max scary fighting world with war and and one person against the other, if that's where it goes. But if we can reimagine a different life where we create systems that serve everyone and we, we really listen to this message to rebalance our relationship with the earth, then I think that our next chapter can be really beautiful so that is my core message and mission through my music through the art as a medium to remind people that there can be hope even in the darkness and that it really comes down to the stories that we're telling ourselves the way we react and the humans that we are as life unfolds before us
2: cut that was that was it we can wrap it up that's it that was the (laughs) best interview seriously you you just amazing first of all you're incredibly poised I've known you for a while and I have to say as talented as you've always been there's sort of an eloquence and a confidence that resonates from you now it's a maturity Mm -hmm. it's really apparent and you're just you're a beautiful soul I've always thought so And for being so big and such a big dreamer and big in the room, you're completely authentic. Mm. And I'm... Gonna get a little choked up. I got choked up on the last conversation. Listen, let's cut right to what we need to talk about. This episode is specifically about the music biz and how it is so different now. Beyond how big the world at large is, the DIY, the do-it-yourself aspect of the music business. And my featured guest on this episode is Peter Cohen, who works for Fremantle Media. They produce American Idol, The Voice, and America's Got Talent. They create formats basically and recreate formats all over the world when we worked together as artist and manager you auditioned for a couple of these shows and so what i wanted to do is visit that experience and the ruby now talking to the ruby back then i think you were about 20 um, what you would tell yourself Now, what is the wisdom that you possibly gained in the last few years that you could offer the younger Ruby? And what would you tell yourself that would help you in reaching the legacy and goals of the future? Beautiful question, Michelle. When I auditioned for
3: The Voice years ago, I was at a moment where I was really searching for an external validation that i was talented that i was good enough that i was the star that i believed in my heart i could be but i was i was seeking that external validation and it's no surprise being an a child actor where from the age of 5 years old i was going into rooms presenting myself representing whatever character or or you know, look they wanted. And I would either get a yes, we like you, we're hiring you. And that was like, good job. High five, you know, (laughs) or I would get the other, which was usually silence, not even a no, thank you. This is why usually just ghosting. And from a young age, developing the both the thick skin that that gave me as well as this conditioning, of, okay, I, I I get to know my worth based on what you think of me. You casting director, you director, you whatever the external force was. And it became a built-in element to my worth, to my self-worth. And what I have been unraveling and unlearning over the last few years is... To really reach the core of my artistry and the core of my gift that I am here to give the world through the art, I get to remove that filter of what can I create that they will like? What can I create that will be socially acceptable to my friends, that will be a validation from the casting directors, from the music labels, from whatever external force I had given the power and really claim that personal power within myself.
2: and tell me because the industry has changed so much especially in music well the whole world of entertainment's changed now but in the last few years it's drastically changed from being driven by the labels the promoters the A&R finders of artists to more of the DIY can you kind of outline from your music experience pre-idol sort of the organizational chart of how it used to work with bands and artists and labels and promoters and where you think it is now
1: sure it's changed dramatically in that in the earlier times or the back in the day or pre i really kind of have the pre-internet and post-internet that's really when things changed was you um, had to go well let's see you know the record label was king and really because say you needed a recording was expensive touring was expensive you had to have a way to get your music uh, distributed in physical sales locations radio if you didn't get on the radio there was not a lot of the ways you could hear it unless we're talking about indie bands who had like fanzines or record shops or but that was a really a a subset it was for for mass Uh, popularity you had to be heard or in the larger press and obviously had to have a really high quality expensive recording and the label really had controls and all that so and then of course basically that all changed when things went from physical to digital and you could record your own music on your computer on your laptop and get a really high quality recording and you can post your music on SoundCloud or YouTube or Instagram and you cut out all those other gatekeepers that, that you had to were really really impossible to access and so that's the main difference and so you can get your music out there and find an audience and you know the labels in a way were also a bit of a bank you know, they, but you really needed this. You, you had, the demo sounded pretty crappy. And you know, mm. the equipment was bad. So you need to go into a real studio with a real producer and record the old fashioned way on a big board and mix it. And that costs a lot of money. So you needed your break. And then there's still a, a function for labels and they still are important. And they, they do, they still serve that, Function in in many forms, but a lot of it you don't need. So I'm not sure if I exactly answered your question, but um, oh, and then for as far as like talent discovery, you know, you always looked for the indicators, things like okay, is this person drawing um, in their region, as far as a local touring act, or you know, you'd go down to the troubadour. A club here in in LA, and be like, "Wow, there's a line around the block." Wow, what, what's going on here? And then I go to Riverside, and you see kids outside clamoring to get in. And then you go to Oakland's, like you kind of see these regional stories, and you're like there's something brewing here. So that's an indicator. Or independent record stores, or indie charts. So you, know, you could release an independent record, and you'd see these sales stories okay, something's going on here. Or every radio station uh, had their local shows and which, you know, where they would play independent music at midnight on a Sunday, but at least you could kind of see those charts or just those kinds of things. Um, and obviously, having mentioned, does it sound great or is it is it, it do they blow you away live? Or is there something something really compelling about them that you want to work with them but now these indicators have changed in a lot of ways where it's kind of like what are the digital numbers or um which is a really big one um, what kind of impact are they making out there in the digital space um, with streams or views which is huge uh, again notice that that's that's sort of the more current indicators obviously it comes down to the music so what do they got? and How do they sound? What are they working with? Is it original? Is it different? Is it something that is... Is there some compelling reason we'd want to be in business with them? But the, the indicators, in my opinion, have changed in a lot of ways for what has potential and what doesn't. And that's how it's measured in a lot of ways for a label or a manager or a promoter to want to get involved with them. And I would say that the other you know just sort of jumping around here but now in this modern world where you don't necessarily need a label and you don't need a big expensive studio and a big producer expensive producer so people have much more access to equipment and resources to make great music and put the music out there but there has been a glut of not pretty much everyone can do it so they're is no real filtered trusty sources. Like again, back in the day, if you were signed to Def Jam Records or Columbia or something, you would might buy something just based on the label, just on the trust you have in there in that brand. They put out quality music, somebody spent money on this, somebody's investing in this. There's a great producer involved. Hey, I like their work. There's a reason that I might want to buy this or listen to this. Now you know it's really a overload of choices and there's just so many great quality sounding recordings or videos out there that I think there's a lot of sort of good. Everything sounds pretty good, but it's hard to really, in my opinion, cut through cut through the masses. So there's a whole new set of challenges. And it's just like, sometimes some things get put up there and people react. Nobody knows the exact formula.
4: Hi, my name is Taylor Fisher. Hi, I'm Devin Pappadol.
0: Hi, I'm Brody Higgs.
4: And
2: together you are... Forever emeralds. Ah, now it feels like a Disney show. I love it. Well, welcome. This is called Passion to Power, the podcast, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have the three of you. Tell me about how you guys met up and became Forever Emerald.
4: We get asked this a lot, and I think I want to start it with, I was in a YouTube class, and our final project was to put out a YouTube video. And Individually, I have never felt like a solo artist. As much as I am the singer and I am the front person, I like music and I've always thought of it as a collaborative effort. And so I didn't want it to be just me singing. And so I put up flyers around the school. I knew Taylor already, we had already been working together prior. I knew our drummer at the time prior and All we needed, in my opinion, at that point was a guitarist. So I put up posters, we found someone for that time. And our lineup has changed, a lot's gone down since. Our first performance was the artist development show, which was a class that was part of the independent artist program, which I was a part of at the time. He was, Brody, funnily enough, funnily, is that a word? I think it is. It is. Was not in the band, but he was in the audience and Through our drummer at the time, he joined. And since then we've had member changes, but we've been Forever Emerald since June 2018. And I wanna say that was the send off. It was that YouTube video and the fact that it was so well received and people were like, do you have originals? And it was like, yes, I have originals, but do we have originals as a band? We'll find out. And hence the birth of the band.
2: Awesome, and so now I know you've had your first, what, seven songs? Five. Five songs and the album is called Safer Space yeah it's an EP and I can't think of a more apropos title for quarantine it's funny because you came up with the album before the world shut down and we were all in lockdown but I listened to it and I think what a perfect album we all need a safe space right now don't we I think you're also poised and you've had so much experience now playing and right up to the audience and I wonder if there's value still for you guys to get in front of that massive crowd.
4: And I definitely agree cuz like you said I I was 14 when I auditioned. I was a baby in retrospect to where I am now. And I would like to see if it would go far, but I don't wanna be a solo artist. And I think that's a big thing is they don't really accept bands. It's about the person and not about the group. And that's never been it for me. Music has always been collaborative. And I even solo artists, most of them don't write all the songs themselves. They're not working by themselves. They have a team and there's something to be said about, Putting that pressure on one person versus I would love to audition for one of those shows with the whole band. That would be so much better for me and I'd love to try that, but that's not really something that is being given as an option.
2: So that's why I want to say how important it is to keep putting out original content and keep being relevant and current because people will find you through authentic relationship building. And so this brings me to my next question, which is And and Brody, I'd like to start with you. Besides your your education, Mm -hmm. do you think there's been value for you in managers and agents and those kinds of representatives in getting your career forward?
0: Oh, definitely. Like uh, our manager Taylor has helped us out tremendously.
1: Not Um, not Mm -hmm. her Taylor. Another
2: Taylor. (laughs) Another Taylor. He lives in in the uh, the the United Kingdom. Hold up the
1: mic. Uh, Sorry. no, he lives in the United
0: Kingdom, but he's helped us out so much. He's been able to give us so much uh, just good advice through the last, like, how long? Fuck. A year?
4: Like year, a year and a half. year and a half. Uh, he's been amazing. We love him. He's a jam. <laughs> we refer to him as our band dad. He is band dad. Gotta Very cool.
2: How did, how did Taylor find you?
4: Um, You reached out to you, right? I'm gonna take over because I know exactly where it came about. So we played a show with a collective in Orange County called the local deadbeat. Shout out to them. Um, They put on a lot of great local shows. Um, We played their show FemFest, which was a presentation, a place for female led, female included bands and artists to perform. Not just bands, but there was also visual art being sold. It was super fun. And someone with a YouTube channel recorded our entire set. And the venue is called Program. It's a skate shop. It's a clothing store. It's a record store. It's not a venue. It's not about the sound. It's about the energy. It's about the local groups coming together. And so the video was not great audio. It was. It's a skate shop. And he found that video and it was just the crowd having fun. It was our performance. I think he was just drawn in by just the fact that we kind of already had this pull in the local scene. And that's how Taylor found us was from that YouTube video. So I'll bring it back to Brody. Remember crowds? Yeah.
2: Remember people? Remember people? Remember being
4: able to do my job. Remember,
2: (laughs) remember venues?
4: Uh, I'm looking around, the crickets,
2: the crickets are on the inside of my earphones. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, They'll come back. Next question, and let's pass the mic back to the center, to Greeny Girl. Uh, What kind of credentials or training do you think you need to move forward from this point forward? I know you've been working on social media and learning about marketing. What are the skills beyond being an indie musician that you think, Devin, that your band needs to adopt or develop to move the band forward?
4: I wouldn't say it's as much of skills as it's. We are down two members right now, Like, let's be blatantly Ah. obvious. There's only three of us, we are usually a five piece. It has nothing to necessarily do with us as individuals. I think we are all just as passionate as ever, if not more. I think we're all writing more than ever, if not more. And I think our communication is probably at its best considering the two years of member changes and everything that we do ourselves. I think it's more just about finding the right people because we all deeply care about this band so much, and it's really going to come down to finding people that want to put in the effort as much as we do and care as much as we do.
1: Back to Idol, you know, this year, instead of doing our traditional bus tour, where we literally sign out of a bus and we go zigzagging two buses across the country throughout the summer, hitting up... Every big, small markets, and everything in between, um, we moved it all online. So basically, we're doing 50 states, Wow. and you sign up for whichever state you're in, and you can be seen by you know by an actual uh, representative from American Isles. They can watch you audition in person. Uh, so. We're, it's a test it's a little bit of a test for us and we're going to see how it works and i'm sure there'll be some hybrid of this in the future or um you know is it more efficient do we need to spend that much time money and effort and resources to go out there maybe probably but i, I think so I But think maybe i'm sure there'll I be a combination this. The so i think we'll take the take the the best of of everything that we've done and, and use those elements
2: You must have some pretty advanced technology because, as you know from all our Zoom calls that we do, there's a delay in sound. So what what kind of technology do you use to get the best sound and have that sync?
1: Well, we, I don't, without knowing too much about the technical elements of it, you know, Idol has, you know, we have a relationship with Zoom or we work closely with them. And they, in my understanding, they, they can build stuff out for you to i guess you're on the professional plan like a lot of big companies are doing you know that's and i think that's how zoom really makes their money you know everyone you you have the the free tier and then they can really work with you to to program and build out what you're trying to do for a lot of the
2: big technology companies yeah are are creating their own content because that's where everybody's eyes and ears are. I just recently had a conversation on Zoom with, uh, I don't know how I got the call, but with basically the global marketing executive of this major tech company. And I was saying, I have an inkling you're going in the creation of content direction. Well, we can't really say, but clearly I was right. Yeah, so maybe zoom will become an ad partner. Oh, I have a little squirrel that just jumped in front of me Um, Peter, what do you do for fun? Is this your fun? But you must have some hobbies or activities that to kind of veg out and get stress-free
1: well, I obviously families keep me very busy now and You know every with both working from home. It's 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 a challenge. So really um, spending time with families is probably number one. And then in, in, in normal times, yeah, uh, I like to, I'm a golfer, I play golf, or. Um,
2: and that's open.
1: That's open, yeah. Tough to get away. And yes. uh, you know, what I like to do, I like to travel and take trips. And, and one, of the, one of the beauties of this work that I do is I get to see so many parts of this country, which has been a real blessing so we're yes. 46 states now and it's great to really get out there and, I mean we're working it's a lot of work but it's cool to be in places that you really probably never would be going to and meet people see the culture see how big this country is see how diverse and big and different we are and um see the differences in the unique offerings of everywhere that we have here in really cool places like little rock arkansas or minneapolis or uh, idaho or wherever we go the places you little slightly out of the way places that really have their own unique charm and and again getting to see other points of views and see the beauty of, of of everything that this place has to offer it's really cool it's been really cool
2: I'm taking notes and I'm getting all these great sound bites from you. Idaho, wherever we go. (laughs) Diversity is a big subject right now, right? Yeah. I wanna ask you, when you go to these many states, do you find that there's sort of a a stamp? In other words, in Nashville, do you have a certain brand of performer, kind of a sound that you expect to hear in Nashville versus Detroit?
1: Generally speaking, of course, say like Nashville, it's you're going to get a lot of country music. Uh, Detroit, you're probably going to get a lot more, maybe sort of um, urban hip hop R and B, but they have a great rock history there too. So I would say now, yes and yes and no. I mean, every the, the world's pretty flat now, so everywhere you go. Uh, okay, for example. Nashville has become not just a country music capital, it's a music capital. Yep. Most of the studios are down there. Most of the pop writers are down there. So you don't... It's hard to predict going to one place for something, like you could have maybe 20 years ago. Now it's kind of a free-for-all. I mean, when you go to Philadelphia or something, I don't know... If you're really expecting to find a lot of country music but you do wow you know, if you go to nashville i don't know if you're expecting to find a lot of R&B artists but surprisingly you do so you got to cover all grounds and 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 uh it's really not kind of miss you don't want to miss anything that's why we go to a lot of different places to be surprised
2: i used to judge for an organization uh in orlando they had about 1100 acts that we would Adjudicate and make comments and there were some great discoveries and I there was a huge Bible Belt Christian music Group of artists that would come out of this area. Uh, Do you still see a lot of Christian music at these auditions?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely definitely and you know Christian music is 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 mainstream in a lot of ways Um, Yeah, yeah, Also, you you also kind of a lot of the Christian artists yeah, they, they have their sort of uh, worship music and uh, I guess you say specifically Christian music, but then they have kind of more uh, inspirational music or more secular music that is, has themes and, and, and um, um, subject matter that is kind of important to them, but is more maybe uh, open to a wider range. If I, if, I, if I answer that correctly, I think, yeah, you see a lot of Christian artists and, and they're amazing and they're really great songwriters and they have a strong, strong following and, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a huge market for that.
0: hi my name is bettis richardson and a little bit about me i am a mixed kid puerto rican black italian grew up with a bunch of brothers and sisters Uh, i was born in new york uh hail from long island glen cove long island i don't know if anybody knows but uh you know ended up moving to south florida grew up in the fort lauderdale miami area and uh always been into music very influenced by that dancing and singing specifically which obviously eventually brought me into acting more. And uh, yeah, I've been singing since I was a little kid, uh, dancing since I was a little kid. Probably a funny quick story is, uh, you know, my mom says I was dancing in the womb. She literally was in the club dancing the night before she had me, (laughs) like just two-stepping. So it's in my bones, music, I love it. And um, yeah, I've moved out to California, maybe about 12, 13 years ago. So that's kind of me in a oversimplified situation nutshell yeah in a nutshell
2: the the proverbial nutshell all right so bettis i met you at a talent conference in orlando oh yes where you were doing a little jt on stage getting sexy right
0: yep yes you want you want
2: to want to do a little bit of that number for us
0: it's, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard sitting because it's very right. visual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of those yeah. things where you have to kind of see the the, the floor humps to understand. Yeah, he what, was literally
2: yeah. floor humping. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was sitting in the judging panel, and he was making clear eye contact. <laughs>
0: Oh, you know, confidence is everything. And I just was oozing it. I just had so much fun as a performer stage. I've always always felt more at home on stage or if I'm talking to a big crowd for some reason. Like for me, it's always been harder to perform as a singer or a dancer or an actor in a room with one or two people, like in an audition setting, for example, versus get me on stage with 10,000 people. What do you want? I got you. I'll do it. (laughs) It's no big deal.
2: (laughs) Well, it's true. I have found in my own singing career that I am... So at ease to that big black divide of thousands of people. But in those auditions where I had to connect one-on-one, I felt so judged and uncomfortable.
0: Perfect word, judged, versus just being able to enjoy the moment. You feel like someone's just judging
2: you. (laughs) So I did an interview with Peter Cohen, who works for Fremantle Media. They do America's Got Talent, they do The Voice, and currently he's casting for American Idol. And they used to do about 47 cities, bussing all over, and now it's all on Zoom. So we were talking about the current state of affairs and quarantine and how people are auditioning via their computers, via their phones. I would love for you, since you were lucky enough to audition in the room, to share with us that experience. And then if you could talk to yourself, how old were you then? About 21?
0: I was 19, actually. You were
2: 19. So if you could talk to your younger self now, Bettis, what would you tell yourself now?
0: All right. So let me start with that, and I'll go backwards. If I was able to talk to my younger self right now, I would literally say, trust your instincts 100 million percent way more than you trust others. And self-doubt is a good navigator. Let it motivate you, but don't let it control you. Um, Cause I, I will genuinely look, when I look back, I realize I can genuinely say I was more in my way 90% of the time than anything because of, oh, I don't look like that. And I don't sound like that. And da, 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 da. And what's funny is that's the whole point. <laughs> you don't realize that when you're young when you're young you compare yourself like i'm not as tall or i'm not my hair isn't as long or you know i don't know if my note is as high or as clean or as raspy that that person's tone is amazing you start realizing like that's what differs you is not trying to compare yourself or be someone just go from what you feel inside period
3: Thank you so much, Michelle. It has been an honor to talk with you today and to stay connected through all these years. And it's such a joy to um, keep weaving with you. And I'm so excited for more always.
2: (laughs) This is going to be a very cool episode. It's unique. And I've only done, uh, I've released nine. I have about five in the queue, but this one's cool because it's literally a collage, a montage of indie artists and CD in the business. So I love that you speak to the general public and give advice about how to approach your auditions being authentically you because that's exactly what Peter Cohen said, that your brand is what you bring to the table. It's your authenticity and these days you don't even have to sing covers anymore for these auditions. You can sing your own music. So keep that in mind too because at the end of the day, while it's great to be a DIY artist and support This machine of American Idol is an awesome way to reach a huge audience. So if you are interested, uh, Peter Cohen has given information on this podcast, How to Audition. All of them are happening now via Zoom. It's just like this. So you're not going to have to drive to some Burbank location and park and sit outside and wait. Even the agent auditions, you still had to kind of go through this many steps and so now it's literally you're auditioning directly and since you're so good at it I would highly recommend that if you want to reach that kind of an Uh, audience what a silver lining that's a silver (laughs) lining that's what I said to him that's a silver lining because a lot of people have been involved with the machine of American Idol but still feel like they've never gotten the carrot at least now you know that you're going to really get seen and heard
3: yeah. Oh, that's so, so this beautiful. Is a really and it's such a better experience to be able to connect with someone one-on-one. And man, for those of you that haven't attended a cattle call audition like that, I mean, it's intense. It is an intense experience and you're paying like $30 for parking and there's like 500 people in the room that are all better looking than you. And, you know, it's like the whole experience of it um, is really it, you have to face off with a lot to be in that room and to stand there and to to be your authentic self. So what a gift to be able to shine from your bedroom and in your shower or wherever you love singing from. Hopefully most. not your shower. I mean, the reverb in a bathroom, though, I just uh, got really to say, you light that, it
2: right, uh, <laughs> mm.
3: <laughs> you must be wearing clothes. <laughs> Preliminary a shower. If you are dressed in your bathtub, maybe. <laughs> yeah, bathrooms do have Don't call us when you're sudsy and washing your hair.
2: <laughs> right. Didn't we all, like, here, I'm going to use this as my little handle. We all played, like, star search mic in our bathrooms oh, yeah. right oh, oh yeah definitely of course
3: yeah, yeah. and the ugh, the reverb in the bathroom I mean it's still you can't beat it sometimes I walk into or a parking garage or stairwells man I'm like I just need to drop my studio in the middle of a parking garage and record my
2: album there it sounds so lovely <laughs> all right so sending off to the audience why don't you give us a few bars of a latest song we'd love to hear it Ooh. okay um
3: Okay, so this one, oh, I can't actually sing you that one because I'm under NDA. But something exciting happens next. Non-disclosure
2: week. <laughs> agreement for those that didn't know. Yeah. All right, sing anything. Okay, I'm happy I'll to take I'll whatever sing I can get, Ruby. Yeah. So this one is
3: called "Remember When," and uh, it'll be on my upcoming album called Prophecy. Remember when we almost forgot everything The stories confined by who the world told us to be What if you knew more than what they told you Led by a feather heart of curiosity From darkness to light, there's no need to hide. The sun always rises from blackest of night. Lay down all your weapons, there's
2: no need to fight. Oh, oh, you are good at this, because you're just leaving me (laughs) wanting more. I'm like, Just a little
3: tease. (laughs) That's a tease, if I
2: ever heard one.
3: All right, Ruby, I love you. I love you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much. And thanks to everyone listening and stay close to this fireplace. Michelle is a bright light. She is a pioneer in this industry. She is an OG as well as an innovator. And uh, she'll continue dropping nuggets to this yellow brick road as long as you stay connected. So I recommend staying close staying plugged in, subscribe, stay connected to this woman. She is powerful and she is making huge waves in this industry. And I'm super grateful to be in your circle and to be on this ride with you, Michelle. It is truly an honor. Thank you so much.
2: Well, I am so grateful to the three of you, and I wish you so much luck. Thank you for having
4: us. I'm a big fan.
2: And um, what we're going to do is we're going to cut up some of this and have some uh, video webinar footage and then also post on social media. And I would love for you guys to shout out how people can follow Forever Emerald, if you would.
4: Um, We are Forever Emerald Band on almost all social media sites. The only one we are not Forever Emerald Band on is Twitter. We are underscore Forever Emerald because there is a jewelry company called Forever Emerald Band and the Twitter account hasn't been active in how long? Like five years. I tried reporting it, but Twitter did not care, but it's okay. So Forever Emerald Band everywhere. We are on all streaming services under Forever Emerald and forever emerald band at gmail if you're trying to reach out to us foreveremeraldband.com for our website you can also reach us there and we are very active on all the social medias we will always respond to everyone if not we are trying our best it is literally and i want to really point this out i don't think a lot of people realize that small bands are running everything that we are the ones on the media we are the ones doing the immediate responses it's not like we have a publicist handling our stuff for us so It is us, it is very personable. And if we ever don't get back, it is because we are doing our side hustles and we are at work.
2: You're personable and you're doing it personally. All of the above, some, some, some. All right, Um, well, um, like them on social media. I even think you're now on TikTok, aren't you?
4: Forever Emerald Band on TikTok. If you're trying to get us to do some TikTok dances, it won't happen. (laughs) Except Except me. Because I think it's funny.
2: I have a lot of clients on TikTok because they are dancers and choreographers. Um, But I'm too old to really follow So am I. (laughs)
4: You're too old. I'm too old to be on TikTok, but I'm here. As we wrap up,
2: Peter, what would you say were the five top traits that you bring to the table or currently or in the past that have made you credible in this industry Uh, five traits personality traits skills that you think qualify you for the work that you do
1: yeah okay it's five well I would say the main thing is well I've learned to listen and be patient so Patience is, is, is a big one. And then knowing when there's an opportunity. So basically, when somebody, kind of going back to bringing something to the table, having value. So if somebody asks you for your opinion, you better have an answer. You know, know when to speak. So meaning keep your mouth shut, work hard, hustle. But when the moment arrives for someone to ask your opinion, you better have something to say. So, that's one, I don't even know if that's a trait or whatever, but it's something I've learned. And that's some advice I give people all the time is, yeah, bring something to the table. Um, yeah, really, uh, hard work is really important. Going the extra mile. Yeah, there's, It's so competitive, so, you have to outwork the next person. You don't have to necessarily work. Now, the older I get, the, the more work smarter than harder, but be efficient, but work really hard.
2: Um, what does that mean to a young person to work hard?
1: Um, I mean, just nothing is given to you, and I, again, I think this this is just general general business. It, it, it kind of covers all, all areas. Whatever you do is to, uh, yeah, work really hard. It goes a long way. Uh, be
2: in it. Do the job. Be in it.
1: Be, be in you it. know, Get your chance. Earn it. And um, nothing's given to you. And don't be entitled to anything.
2: Cool. Number five. Uh,
1: number five. Uh, you know, it's just sort of, I think, just kind of do something that you... you know, are excited about or want to do and that's kind of what my that's how i got into this whole thing was when i left college i kind of got a normal job at a bank and it was okay but then i just wasn't excited about it and that's not where my brain was i thought about what i was doing in school working in radio and i'm like "Come, oh, that has got to be some way to to do your passion or and just yeah kind of do what you're excited about
2: Do your passion. Love that. All right. That's fantastic. I think we've got a wealth of information. And I have to say, I was just really excited by your passion. And uh, thank you to your family for letting you share your time with me. And um, anything else you want to sign off with? Any last thoughts?
1: No, just uh, if anyone's interested in learning more about American Idol or auditioning or submitting, go to AmericanIdol.com. It's all right there. We love to hear you and see you, and uh, we listen to everybody. And believe me or not, you know, even with our site, it looks like a big giant. Uh, who knows where you're going into the ether? But we listen, and so we will we'll be heard. And um, we welcome everybody who's interested to give it a shot.
2: Fantastic. Without the
1: fans, without the without the auditioners, without the contestants, you know, that's the lifeblood of the show. We have no show, so we want to hear from you
2: lifeblood of the show. All right, Peter. Thank you so much. It was absolutely a pleasure.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Report Okay.
2: To Bye-bye. Take care.